This is an excerpt from Different Ways Revealing the Feminine by Seal, published 2020. Chapter 13. It's a Beautiful Day, Part 1. Much of my adult life had me as a thief, and my time was lent to the picking of a lock that I had long lost the key for. All the little factors must tumble into a direct alignment to release the seemingly inaccessible. My life at this time was a new adventure. I felt an amazing relief when I was first on my own, without a husband. I was a single woman at large in the world who happened to be a mother of two small babies. I was an escapee on the lamb. My nerves were wound tighter than the spring in a two-dollar watch with all of my overwhelming responsibilities, and then there was all that guilt and shame to keep some distance from. It would catch up to me from time to time and bring me to my knees in terror over the mess I found myself in. I was blindly desperate and ambitious to make my way in this new situation, It appeared that things were going my way. I had applied for a waitress job at the airport, and I was picked up for a clerical job with the lumber industry by one of the pilots who spied me in the restaurant. The hangar housed two Learjets. The office was in the hangar. It seemed the main qualification for this job was to be fair of disposition and easy on the eyes. I very nearly killed them with my inaccuracies in updating the landing field guides. I kept the chair warm while my real life conspired to overtake me in a big way. The two-dollar watch had not quite sprung yet. The radio played in the background this time of my life as it always had, in this case lurking and waiting to spurn me into daring enterprises like phoning and writing letters to the DJ I was listening to in the evenings. I was so deeply and unconsciously comforted by this act until all the bearings lined up in the lock and the door swung open. Eventually, I was called out, but not before I was granted a perfect day that defies description. I woke up one morning, and I was me, only more me than I had ever known and had ever even imagined existed. I went to the mirror and I saw myself. I could recognize myself, but I radiated all this energy. I was lovely in the way a newborn is lovely, like I just slipped onto the earth from the center of the galaxy. I could hallucinate as well, but it it didn't feel like an acid trip. On acid, there's a buzzing in the base of the skull, and there's an awareness you are stoned and witnessing your eye. There was none of that separation. Also, I could control it. The experience was more organic and flowing and, well, radiant. I saw things. I saw how everything fit together in time and space. Like the new me I saw in the mirror, everything was all the same, but I saw it differently with everything having its life force showing. 
Most amazing was watching the wind in the trees and seeing that there was an actual conversation going on between the air, the tree, and the earth. Who knew? I watched this for hours, in utter fascination. I think it was hours. Time was very irreverent this particular day. I recall I was so swept up in this experience that I completely forgot to go to work that day. Also, I forgot to smoke cigarettes. My pack-a-day nicotine habit slipped my mind. I did not need it. I had no problem caring for the kids or cooking food or any of that. In fact, in preparing the food, I recall having a conversation with myself when I realized I was eating meat. There were not many conversations with myself that day. It was an an immersion experience, but I do recall laughing at one point because before, when I thought of any kind of enlightenment or spiritual benevolence, I thought it would include not eating meat. Yet there I was, and it didn't make a lick of difference. While I have always wished I could quit eating meat, I was never able to leave off it. I think the important issue of meat consumption is its impact on the environment. It is a political issue, not a spiritual one. It is worthy of note, I think, because I had no memory of or recognition of being a smoker. On that energetic level, I guess I wasn't. I was supremely at peace with all of the world for that one day. Everything fit together perfectly. Words fail in describing what I was experiencing, essentially. I was blessed with one perfect day on this resplendent, living being called Earth. To say this day in my life wasn't a gift would be a lie and a blight on natural law and the existence of love. The entire cellular structure in my body was obviously altered. I did not see the experience that way for decades, though. I had a falling out with myself later that was deeply traumatizing as my transcendent self was pressed into the very real gravity of human consequence. None of this was anything I had ever studied about or read about or knew existed. I was not at all versed or interested in mind expansion or spirituality. I couldn't get through Siddhartha when I tried to read it. I had taken some LSD in high school, so I had that point of reference, but I took that so I could get high and be amused. Altered states of consciousness was not on the docket. I was never, outside of memorizing the Catechism for Communion as a child, oriented towards anything regarding consciousness-raising or spiritualism. Just some religion. A bit. As far as I knew, my guess would have been that kundalini was a pasta dish and satori a piece of Italian furniture. I had no grasp of quantum physics and synchronicity. I had just learned how to drive a car, fill out a rental application, and I would really have liked to have had a boyfriend. This was my mindset at the time. It was like being captured and transported to an unknown magical land that looked just like the land I knew, 
but was entirely different. I was now being exposed to a radical paradigm shift in consciousness that I had no orientation to and no means of comprehending. So I was really surprised, and I would have been alarmed if I wasn't experiencing such a deep sensation of peace with this epiphany, this nirvana, this new reality that I was introduced to. I would reflect for years that there were so many things that were unfair about being overexposed to such a vibrational shift as that. The scope of it fueled a deep distrust of what I perceived as reality that would follow me through all experiences through the rest of my life until I eventually faced it as being not a curse, but a great gift. Later, when this altered state receded, I became very concerned for my sanity and worried that I would be seen as crazy and have my children taken away. So I said nothing to anyone about it. I knew that women could get put away for mental illness, delirium. I had no way to express it anyway. It was beyond words and remains so to this day. Even if I did have a close friend, they would not have been able to wrap their minds around that. I was not good at bonding with people, and I was newly single mother with two children in diapers, an outlier with no confidants. The entire experience was internalized, where it ticked away waiting for me to catch up to being that present in the world. This experience and my reaction to it underscored the trajectory of my life that began when I was just a small child. It should be noted that when I decided to marry my husband and merge my life with his, there was a considerable dumbing down of myself that I adopted for the role. The isolation and the infant care piled up in me, and it had a regressive effect. Then, the postpartum with both babies. Postpartum was not recognized in general as a problem at that time either. While I was never the sharpest tool in the box, I do not recall ever being so generally dim-witted as I was in that period of my life, save for puberty. Estrogen is suspect in all of these events fueling misunderstandings in my life. I was 24 and just learning how the world worked, for instance. This adopted simplicity made the shock of my spiritual emergence even more pronounced in some ways. Then again, now that I think about it, it may have been my obtuse state that allowed my ego self to more easily become unmoored like that for a period of time. A factor, perhaps. Decades later, all of these things came into sharp relief. My life would be lived running away from and into these mysterious occurrences, and I would reflect later on this time as when I abandoned my spiritual life. Because this situation came upon me when I was courting a fantasy about a local radio personality. I assumed these strong feelings had something to do with him. This is where my consciousness-raising story takes a necessary but tragic turn, picking up on my childhood. Thank you for listening.